Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Gospel reading today, we encounter Jesus. But I would suggest that the Jesus that we encounter is a Jesus that nobody wants. Not even us. The story begins as Jesus is making his way towards Jerusalem, as he had done many times before. But this time would be different, for this would be the last time Jesus would go to Jerusalem. Jesus was intent on arriving there in Jerusalem because he was going there to die and to rise. On the way there, we are told that there was a group of Samaritans who did not receive the ones Jesus had sent before him to make arrangements for this trip. And since they didn't receive those he had sent, it meant they also didn't receive him. So why did these Samaritans not receive Jesus? Well, because Jesus was going to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans did not believe that Jerusalem was the proper place to worship God. Because of the corruption of the Jewish religion that had been passed on to them, they believed that one should worship at a different mountain called Mount Gerasim, instead of on Mount Zion in Jerusalem where the temple was. They were so put off by the fact that Jesus was resolute to go to Jerusalem that they didn't want anything to do with him. They thought he had simply taken sides with the Jews on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus' disciples were so upset by the refusal of these Samaritans that they suggested that perhaps they should simply cast down fire upon the whole lot of them. After all, what could be a better end for their bitter enemies, now especially that they had made clear that they wanted nothing to do with Jesus if he was going to Jerusalem. While their particular suggestion might seem a little extreme to us, we have to admit that we are not altogether in our hearts against the idea of God raining down a little fire upon our, or I mean his, enemies. Yes, we sometimes think this might just be the best way for God to govern this world. Yes, we think that perhaps if he were to do things properly, he would simply cast down fire upon those who embraced any falsehood or any sin. Oh, we wouldn't be so bold as to suggest that we could or should do it, but if God wanted to, that'd be okay. But Jesus, you see, would not allow any of this thinking in his disciples, and he will not allow it among us either. Jesus rebuked those disciples. He made clear to them that he was not there on earth to destroy men's lives, but to save them. With his refusal to call down fire in that moment, Jesus was teaching us the true meaning of what it means to love our enemies. Namely, that we should want the best for our enemies. That they might turn from God, or turn to God, rather, and away from their sins. Yes, indeed, our reading for today presents to us a Jesus who is slow to anger and abounding in love and mercy, one who is not quick to pass final judgment upon those who are lost apart from him. So do you want that Jesus? Or would you rather have a little tougher, rougher Jesus who will simply punish evildoers in a blaze of glory, at least every once in a while?
Well, if you don't want this Jesus that is loving and compassionate towards the lost, well, you need to repent because this is the one and only true Jesus. But if you think that is the Jesus you want, that one who is loving and compassionate towards all, well, hold on, because we're not done with our gospel reading yet. For after his interaction with the twelve, Jesus then interacts with those who had just heard the good news and sought to follow Jesus. And yet we are told that they wished to follow Jesus only after they took care of a few important things that they needed to do. One wants to go and bury their father who had died. Another wishes simply to return home and say farewell to their loved ones before they leave. And you might think that the Jesus who rebuked the disciples for being so harsh towards the Samaritans, you would think he would certainly oblige the simple request of these people that wanted to follow him, but wanted to do a few things first. Surely that Jesus who seemed so soft in regards to the errors of his enemies would be accommodating to those who sought to be his friends. And yet he did not. He refused to let that man go and bury his father. He assured that one who wanted to go and say farewell to his family that if he did so, he was not fit for the kingdom of God. Yes, the very same Jesus who rebuked the disciples for their harshness seems in this moment to be very harsh himself. And I am sure those words, when he spoke them, pushed people away right as he spoke them. And then we must ask today, do we want that Jesus? Do we want a Jesus that demands from his followers total obedience? A Jesus who calls us to leave behind not only things that are evil, but things that are good, that have become too important in our lives. Do we want a Jesus who seems so harsh and tactless, almost mean? Well, if not, then we must repent, for this is the only true Jesus. I suppose the truth is, if you get right down to what our sinful self wants, we want Jesus to be very harsh with others and very soft with us. Right? Do you want that? Do you want him to be pretty exacting and punishing your enemies, but rather lackadaisical when it comes to what he expects or requires of you? If so, you're not going to want the Jesus of our gospel reading, and he is the only Jesus that exists. So if we would have Jesus, we must have this Jesus. We must have a Jesus who is slow to anger and abounding in love and mercy towards his enemies. And to have this Jesus means not only that we accept that this is his way, but that we desire that his way would become our way. And so we too must love our enemies, doing everything we can, whether that be speaking the truth or loving them in various ways, to turn them from sin and turn them towards Jesus. Not for the sake of proving we were right, but because we actually care what happens to those people. And if we would have Jesus, we must also have a Jesus who calls us to utter obedience in his, excuse me, when we wish to follow him. Yes, he tells us that we must be totally obedient casting aside even things that seem rather good and laudable to us. 
And again, we must desire that this way of his would become our way. And so it means that we must seek to take our faith very seriously and strive to live each day in obedience to God, placing our fear, love, and trust in him alone. Yes, in general, throughout all the times and in our day as well, people often just want to turn Jesus into one of two things. They either want him to be a loving, soft grandpa, or they want him to be a cold, heartless tyrant. We hear it all the time in our day. One group presents Jesus in a way that he is so loving that he could never be concerned about anyone's sins, and he certainly wouldn't punish them if they didn't turn from them. And that group tells us that if we speak out against sin or warn of future punishment, well, then we're certainly not Jesus' people. But then there is another group that portrays Jesus as quite harsh. Almost as if he's just waiting for that day when he does get to cast down fire upon his enemies. And this group often encourages us that our hearts should be set against our enemies. That we should be fearful of our enemies. It teaches us that we should have no compassion for people who are trapped in addiction or who are trapped by sexual perversion or who have embraced a false religion. It tells us we should hate those people and be fearful of them and want their destruction. They say that's what we'll do if we're committed enough. But neither of those is what Jesus would have us do, because it's not who he is. The real Jesus is perfectly just and yet wondrously merciful. The real Jesus is tender-hearted towards those who are lost, those who are erring, he does not want to destroy them. He takes no pleasure in their death. He wants them to live with him. And yet at the same time, the real Jesus is so steadfast that he cannot look even well-meaning idolatry among those who confess his name. In the end, the real Jesus we find is loving because he is love. But he will not be defined by our culture's definition of love. Rather, he defines what is love every time he acts. You see, he wants all people to live with him. That is loving. And because he does that, he calls people away from sin and to himself. And if we are his children, we will do the same. We will have genuine compassion towards all. That leads us to speak about the seriousness of all sin and also presents the awesome comfort of the gospel that sin is forgiven in Jesus. And we'll do that, not for our sake, but for the sake of the person we're speaking it to. This Jesus may not be the person that our old sinful self wants, but it is the true Jesus. And so let us confess again today that what the old sinful self wants, well, surprisingly, not so much, that is sin. And so let us put it at the foot of the cross. For blessedly God has promised to us that if we will confess our sins, well then he will give us the real Jesus. He will give us the one who is slow to anger and merciful to us. He will give us the real Jesus who will give us everything we need for our body and soul that we need not trust in anyone else, but follow him with reckless abandon, knowing that everything will be okay. He will give you today, Jesus, the one who went to Jerusalem for you, to die for you, to rise for you, to ascend for you, and who will return for you. That's the real Jesus, and he is yours.
Amen.